Hope Will Travel. I'm your host, Katie Axelson, and today I am here with my new friend, Patricia Sung. I am so excited to get to hear Patricia's story and for her to get to share a little bit about what she does. And she serves to be a lighthouse for moms, offering a beacon of hope and light so that they don't have to be a hot mess, even when working with ADHD. So Patricia, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you're here, and I would love to hear a little bit about what your journey has looked like, because I know you were diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. So -hmm. what did that process look like for you? Um, We'll try to condense my life story into into the uh, short version here. But um, so growing up, I had no idea I had ADHD. I was just um, a really great student. I did struggle in terms of keeping on track with things or turning in assignments. But overall, I figured out the strategies that worked for me. And then when I went off to college, it was like a total disaster. (laughs) I mean, just straight up hot mess. And through that process is when I found out that I had ADHD. And I was really blessed with some wonderful women in my life who my, you know, one for one, my doctor recognized it, got me to the right specialist. And at the student services center, they connected me with some other grad students and law students who were dealing with similar things that I was dealing with. And I had a really great and tiny little support system that helped me get through college. And I will say that it wasn't um, a shining success necessarily, but hey, I graduated and I made it through. And from there, I did pretty well in making my life doable for me. And then once I had kids, it was again, like the whole cycle of the hot mess disaster again, because when you throw kids into the mix, you're not just responsible for yourself anymore. And you're not sleeping and, and, and hormones and, and again, it was this big hot mess (laughs) once more. So Again, I had to figure out the strategies that worked for me. And now that I'm a little farther in, not not super far in, my boys are two and five, I realized that who's going to help these other women who are struggling? Most women who have ADHD don't even know it because we really know ADHD as this thing that affects that annoying little kid, probably a boy, running around like a crazy person, driving everyone nuts, jumping off things, uncontrollable. And it's not known to be something that affects women, but it does. And so there's so many moms out here who are struggling with this, the same things that I'm struggling with, but yet I've had support. I know how to adjust and not to say that it's a cakewalk. I have to work really hard at it, but I know how to make these changes and implement these strategies. So who's helping these other women? And God put it on my heart that it was me. <laughs> and when he told me to start a podcast, I literally told him he had lost his mind. I, I said, God, you, you've got to be kidding me. That is the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard because I am an introvert. I am not someone who shares all of my problems with anyone, let alone the entire internet. And he was very clear with me of Patricia, if not you, then who? So mm. I said, okay. And I learned how to podcast and I learned how to record and edit and all the whole nine yards that goes along with that. And I'm about a year and a half in, it started as a passion project and I have a feeling it's going to grow into much more than that as Mm -hmm. I follow what he's asked of me. But, um, 
but yeah, that's the the short version of how I ended up yeah. hosting a podcast for for moms who have ADHD. Yeah, that is awesome, and I love that you called out that ADHD usually what we perceive as like some uncontrollable boy bouncing off the walls. What mm-hmm. does it look like as an adult woman for you to have ADHD? So the way that I can see it is mostly through my executive functioning skills, or I guess I should say the lack thereof of executive functioning skills. And the way that I always explain them is just like all of your adulting that is executive functioning. So things like um, planning and organizing and sustained attention, working memory, being flexible, emotional regulation, self-monitoring, these are all different types of executive functioning. And generally speaking, that's where you will see it in adults is that they struggle in these ways. And it shows up looking like lazy, but really it's an issue of task initiation is that they get to the start of a project and they, they just don't know where to go. It just seems so big and overwhelming that they don't know what is step one. To them, they just see the elephant and they don't even know where to take a bite. And so they just don't do anything because they're so overwhelmed. Or it's the person who's been meaning to make that doctor's appointment for six months now and they still haven't initiated the task of just making the phone call. Or the person who totally loses it when they mess up and their anger level or their frustration level seems way out of proportion to the actual problem, that's an emotional regulation issue. Um, Or the friend who says they're going to meet you for lunch and they're always 15 minutes late or they forget to show up at all. Those are the things that you see in adults. And a lot of that's taken personally by people when you don't show up on time or you don't do that thing that you said you were going to do. It's hard because when you don't know what the reason is behind the way you are, you feel like you're broken and you feel like there's something wrong with you. But when you have your diagnosis and you can say, this is how my brain functions. It's not a matter of me being broken. This is the way I was born. And I can find ways to function in society like I need to in order to be a successful person, but yet, so it's kind of like mitigating the the weaknesses and then really applying your strengths. How can you use the things that are really great about ADHD and find a job that fits that well or find ways to be the best mom or the best party thrower, where, wherever that fits, using the skills that you have and putting the scaffolding and the structure in place to not fix your problems. It's not about changing who you are, but it is about you still have to pay your bills on time. So you've got to figure out a strategy Mm -hmm. to make that happen because otherwise your lights don't turn on. So we like lights Mm -hmm. and we do, we like food on the table and, you know, keeping jobs and those kind of things. And those are real struggles for people who have ADHD. Absolutely. So if somebody's listening and some of the things that you just described, they're going, oh, that resonates with me. What kind of next steps would you recommend that they take? I always wholeheartedly tell people, ask for help. Mm-hmm. Find someone you can talk to, whether that is your spouse or partner, um, a trusted family member, a friend, and 
tell them, here's what I'm struggling with. Can you help me? Because a lot of times, like I mentioned, that task initiation, your problem is you're never going to call that doctor because you're afraid of what's the answer? What's going to happen when I make that phone call? What a, It's like this whole wormhole, your brain jumps down. And to have someone with you to say, okay, I will help you. Let's find a specialist and get you that diagnosis if you need it. So, and some people don't need an official diagnosis because they don't want to take medicine and they just need to know for themselves, yep, I I'm pretty sure that's me and I can adjust from there. And some people really do want to go down the official path of the diagnosis and having their medication and having that path. So there's, you know, two ways, but either way, whether you want to go talk to a professional or not, asking for help is the most important thing. And doing that with somebody that you trust, who's not going to judge you or, you know, talk about you behind your back, that friend is truly going to be a support and and help you get where you need to be yeah for sure that's a good call out because I think it always starts with inviting someone else into your struggle and so I love that that's your advice too is to invite someone else into it and ask for that help that you need how has having ADHD affected your life as a mom I mean it affects everything that I do as a mom from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed I mean things from you know I'll ask my kids okay do you want yogurt or pancakes for breakfast and my working memory doesn't retain that information mm-hmm. and I hand them cereal and they're like I I I asked for pancakes <laughs> and if when you have a two-year-old that's a full-on meltdown that's a problem don't mm-hmm. get <laughs> and I mean that's everything from like I wanted the blue cup not the yellow cup I mean yeah and, and little deal. things and then you also see it in the big things of like trying to be consistent on discipline knowing what your plan is. And as I'm a former middle school teacher, and so consistency is one of the best things you can gift your children. And as a mom with ADHD, that's really hard because a lot of us are just not consistent ourselves (laughs) for somebody else. So, you know, when you're trying to teach your kid to be a great person, having that, those set expectations and the boundaries that's hard for moms to keep up. And I think um, a lot of it is what you said earlier about feeling alone and having a friend there. When you see all these other moms who have it together Mm -hmm. and do Pinterest projects with their kids and you're sitting there going, Oh my goodness, I can barely like make a doctor's appointment. And this Mm -hmm. mom has color coordinated all of her child's socks into rainbow colors in their drawer and their kid keeps up with it you're like what like what is this expectation (laughs) and Mm -hmm. so that's part of why I started the podcast as well is for moms to know hey you're not alone there are others of us that that are like this and also to just be honest and say okay maybe that mom can color code her socks but I'm sure she's dealing with something else that's a struggle for her that I can't see just like you can't see my ADHD so knowing that you're not alone is to me more than half the battle. Mm-hmm. For sure. How do you cope with that? Especially like remembering what your kids requested, you know, that's the example that we used a minute ago of I want the blue cup, not the yellow cup. <laughs> how do you cope and figure out how, what are your strategies to work through that? I will literally repeat it in my head of like blue cup, blue cup, we're getting the blue cup. And my kids just think I'm being silly, but it's really <laughs> so that I can remember to get the blue cup. Um, and I'm, very open with them in 
admitting mistakes. And if I get to the cups and I can't remember, even though I literally just asked the question, or maybe my, my head just wasn't listening to the answer, I'll say, oh, I'm sorry. One more time. Which cup was that? And my five-year-old will be like, um, the blue cup, you know, and it's, oh, okay, okay, the blue cup. So I think it's a combination of finding those little tricks to mm-hmm. keep yourself on task, but also being okay saying, oh, I messed up. Mm-hmm. What? Help me out. What are we, what are we doing here? Give me some clues. And yeah, uh, your kids are usually pretty amenable to, to being helpers. Kids love helping. Sure. So mm-hmm. if you give them that job of helping you with stuff, they usually really flourish in that responsibility. Sure. That makes sense. And that's a great growing opportunity for them as well. Mm-hmm. What have you found to be your biggest or some of your biggest struggles? For one, it's that folks with ADHD generally tend to have comorbidity issues. Mm. And I really hate the word comorbidity. It sounds so terrible. But what it means is that they usually have some other mental health issue that goes along with it. Most people with ADHD don't just have ADHD. They have ADHD and anxiety or ADHD and OCD or ADHD and dyslexia. There's usually some partners or some friends that come along with your ADHD. So for me, I suffered through depression through a good portion of my college with a lot of stuff going on, but part of it was going from being honor roll student to failing out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, well, nearly. I, was, I saved at the last minute, but almost. And okay. then when I had my oldest son, I had postpartum anxiety, which I had never even heard of. I had heard of postpartum depression, but never postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. And that was like a whole new world of, I had never been someone, I'd never had a panic attack until my son was two weeks old. So I can look back and say, oh, I was a really anxious kid. I was constantly worried about things, but it had never gotten to that level where it was extremely detrimental. I can say it probably was somewhat detrimental, but you hit these other obstacles that then you're dealing with along with having the ADHD. Mm-hmm. So that for me is is a huge one. And so I do work really hard on therapy and seeing doctors and making sure that I'm taking the best possible care of myself so mm-hmm. that I can take the best possible care of my family. Yeah, that's good. And then let's flip the question. What have been some of your great victories? You know, it's funny because I am a perfectionist and I always want to be like, well, there was a lot of things there that I could have worked <laughs> some more on. But <laughs> I'm constantly telling people, look at this thing. Like, It's funny how I'm so optimistic on everyone else's mm issues and lives. And then I look at mine and I'm like, it was terrible. So, um, I always have to pause and be like, no, Patricia, you, you've made some great strides as well. So don't sell yourself short. So one of them would be generally speaking, people with ADHD are pretty spontaneous and that impulsivity a lot of times gets us into trouble. But in terms of being a mom, a lot of times that's that makes us really fun moms that will jump in there and say at the last minute, sure, let's go to the zoo. And chances are, I probably forgot your water bottle and snacks, but you know, we'll figure it out. We still had a great time at the zoo. And I think really just working on myself, being the best person that I am and finding that balance of, I can be a mom 
but I can still be Patricia mm. and be a really great version of Patricia and be a really great mom. And that's a really hard balance to find. It takes a lot of work. And I think a society as a whole is constantly putting this horrible pressure on moms to be great at everything, but don't sacrifice this other thing that's really important. Like be really great employee, but not the expense of your kids. Oh, but if your kid's sick, don't miss work. I mean, it's, it's this constant unattainable goal. And so I feel like I've done a really great job at bettering myself and saying, these are the things I can do. These are the things I can't do. And being okay with that. And really putting my all into the things I'm going to do well and letting go of the things that I had to cut out, which is sad. I mean, I liked the things that I cut out too, but there's only 24 hours a day and sleep's important. So you only have 24 hours in your day. That's as many as I have too. I know. I wish I had some more sleeping hours, but I know, right? (laughs) That would be very nice. So as we've already mentioned, ADHD is an invisible illness. So we're not necessarily going to know who our friends are with ADHD, but if we know, or even if we don't know, how can we support them and love them well? So don't run up to them and tell them you think they have ADHD. They probably (laughs) won't take that well. (laughs) But I will say scaffolding is a huge help. So if you have a friend who's terrible at keeping a date with you for lunch, instead of expecting them to plan the lunch, just plan the lunch. Say... Mm. I want to meet you. Let's go to this place. Does this date or this date work? Mm-hmm. And give them just two choices or say, we're going to meet on this day. Tell me if that doesn't work for you. Because a lot of times those having a lot of choices or the great indecision of go to lunch and you can think of 53 restaurants that you could meet at, that's too much for them. Okay. So don't expect them to do that if you already know they can't do it well. Just do it for them. And not to say that it should be a one-sided friendship, but if you know that once you get there, you're going to have a great time with this friend and the problem is just getting there, then be that scaffold for them and help them get over that hurdle. Mm -hmm. And then don't take it personally when you know they're going to be 15 minutes late. I promise you it's so hard, but they are not trying to be rude. They're not trying to hurt your feelings. It is not that you are not important to them. They truly have no sense of time. People with ADHD are generally time blind, which means time exists in the like now and the not now. Mm. And there's even been studies on where they've asked people to sit and then count in their head to a minute. And people without ADHD are generally within five seconds of 60 seconds. So somewhere between 55 seconds and a minute five. And people with ADHD are usually at like 70 seconds, 75 seconds. So they're, if when you multiply that by 20 minutes, all of a sudden you're significantly off track. And so sure. I give you full permission to say, be there at one when really you want your friend there at one fifteen or one thirty. So um, know that it's, it is not personal, even though it feels that way. And give them that scaffolding to help them where you know they're struggling. Yeah. So you're using that term scaffolding. Can you define it a little bit for us? Ooh. Oh, sorry. That's a teacher word and I forget sometimes. (laughs) So scaffolding is a word we use in education 
for supporting somebody without actually doing the work for them. So if you think about a building when they're doing like a renovation or something on it, you have this scaffolding that's around it, but it's not holding the building up. The building's not going to fall over if you move the scaffolding out of the way, but it does keep the building, you know, it, it keeps the tarp around it so that the construction debris is not flying around. It kind of just contains everything and supports it. So that's what we use a lot in teaching is to say, I'm not going to do this task for you, but I am going to sit right next to you and say, okay, you did step one. What's step two? Mm-hmm. And you wait for the student to answer and say, oh, okay, now that you know what step two is, I'm going to sit here and make sure that you do it and you watch them. So you're never doing any of it for them, but you're keeping them in line. So it's not to say that, you know, if you plan the lunch, you're not doing the work of being a friend at lunch. Right. But you're making sure that the lunch happens so that you can spend that quality time together. Sure. That makes sense. Thank you for defining that for us. Well, I feel like everyone should use that scaffolding in their life for literally anyone in your life who's on a struggle bus. If you scaffold for them, you know, I think most of us do it anyways. When we have a friend who's Mm -hmm. struggling with something and you ask them these reflective questions that you don't ever tell them what to do. And then they come up with the answer on their own, even though it's what you would have told them to do anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we all do it. Yeah, we do all do it. I will say some of my friends know that scaffolding for me, asking me questions, trying to lead me to an answer drives me bonkers. Like every (laughs) once in a while, they're like, I know this is going to drive you nuts, but we're going to do it anyway. I'm like, would you just tell me? (laughs) Um, Yes, that happens a lot in middle school, too. No worries. Just call me a middle schooler. (laughs) I mean, pretty much once you hit puberty, you like to do what you want to do because you think you're a grown person. So. Awesome. So what kind of great encouragement can you offer to those of us who are or might be feeling broken or like we are a hot mess? I want you to know how much God loves you and he made you the way that you are for a purpose. So you are not broken. You are not messed up. You are in process. We are all a work in process. We're never going to be perfect. That's not possible. That's not how humans are. But you can constantly make things better by tiny little baby steps. Mm. And so I would love for you to think about what is it that's your goal? What are you trying to accomplish? Even if that just means brain dumping on a paper. I love brain dumping. It's one of my favorite strategies is when your brain just feels like too much. You write everything down on a piece of paper and somehow getting it out of your head and it feels concrete because it's on the paper, it feels so much lighter to get all that out of your head. And then you can kind of look at it and say, okay, here's where I'm struggling. Here's my goal. And then how can I do something super tiny right now that moves me in the right direction? Mm. If I'm trying to eat better, that's not to say go throw out every piece of junk food in your cabinet and go to Whole Foods and buy yourself a new pantry. It's, hey, can I stop drinking sodas or where I'm from, I'm from Ohio, stop drinking your pop. And, (laughs) or can I just take it from three pops a day to two pops a day? I mean, just tiny little steps and eventually you will get there. So brain dump, figure out what your goal is and then break it into something really tiny and just do a tiny little improvement every day. And again, Mm. I'll repeat myself from earlier is ask for help. Yeah. You probably have someone in your life who is good at the thing that you're struggling with. Mm. So don't be afraid to ask them for help. Most people, if you 
go to them and say, hey, I noticed that you're really good at um, meal planning for your family or scheduling the time in to do your self-care or whatever it is that you want to work on. Usually people take that as a compliment and say, oh, well, thanks. And you said, can you give me a few tips? Usually they love to talk about that because that's something they're passionate about. They love it. They are super excited about it and they'd probably love to talk to you about it. And even if it's just a five minute conversation, that'll kind of point you in the right direction to say, oh, I can, I could do that or, Ooh, well, that probably won't work for me, but I could do this part. Um, right. But it's always possible to do a little bit better every day. Mm, that's good. That's good. It's like, what's the next step that I can take? Be it a mm-hmm. small one, be it a big one. What's the next step that I can take? Yeah. And I, think, I like that. I think people as a whole get really overwhelmed by big goals and they just feel so big that they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. But especially when you have ADHD, it feels like Mount Everest. And it might only be like that little like hump in the backyard. But because you've never done it before, it feels really big. And then when you have that little accomplishment, your brain gets that hit of dopamine. You're like, yes, I did it. And mm-hmm. that'll fuel you forward for sure. bigger and better things. Yeah, absolutely. So one of our favorite questions here at Have Hope Will Travel, you can answer this in relation to what we've already discussed, or you can take it a totally different direction. That is up to you. Okay. What do you wish everyone knew? That everyone is scared of something. Mm. Everyone has fear. Everyone is worried about something, whether it's what they look like or how they'll appear to others or, I mean, especially in the year 2020 that we've had, the what ifs. There are so many things out there to be afraid of and everybody's got something. So when you see other people and that comparison game starts of, well, they've got this together and that person can do this, know that they all are afraid of something as well. But you have something special inside of you that they don't have. So Mm -hmm. stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. Stop worrying about all the other stuff and just focus on what are you good at? What can you do? What are your special talents? And it breaks my heart when people say, oh, I don't don't know. I don't I don't think I have anything special about me. Like what? No, that is not (laughs) even possible. You don't see it because you've had it in you for so long that you don't realize how wonderful that gift is. But there are people out there that don't have that gift and would love for you to share it. So we are all afraid of something and we all have something amazing inside of us to share with the world. And that fear will always stop you from doing something great. Mm. And no one goes in to a big project with 100% confidence with zero fear. Sure. They just have looked fear in the face and said, I accept that you are here and I'm going to do it anyway. Good. Yeah. Do it scared. I love that. (laughs) That is one of my favorite quotes. Such a good quote. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you're itching to share with us? I guess that would be if you feel like I am speaking the inner workings of your brain and you have questions, please um, come check me out, go to my website, listen to the podcast. It's motherhood and ADHD. Um, and the website is also motherhood and ADHD.com or my name, Patricia sung.com. And I would love to help you not feel like a hot mess. <laughs> that is my goal in life is to help other people feel better about themselves and, um, and achieve the goals that they want to do. 
I have several freebies on my website. So if you want to go check those free resources out, mm -hmm. they are there just for that purpose to help you out. I was looking at the resources and there are a lot of like getting started and finding things or ways to ask for help. Really great launch pad. Thank you. That's, I, I just know that there are so many women out there that don't know that this is why they are the way they are. And I want them to know that they're not alone. They're not broken. And there are so many of us out there. And that community feeling of not being by yourself is just such a blessing and yeah. such an encouragement. And I want people to know that it can be done. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It can be done. And you're living proof of that. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for having me. Um, I was totally intrigued by your title because um, <laughs> I do love to travel. And I was like, oh, I got to talk to her. So yes. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, one final question, if you're comfortable, would you be willing to pray for us? Of course. Lord, I thank you so much for our time today. And I hope that you will bless every one of the women and men that are listening today with your peace and your hope to know that you made them just how you wanted them to be. You gave them gifts and you gave them talents and you know what their fears are. You know what's sitting on the inside of their hearts, that they are known with you and they are safe with you. And I hope that they will hear these words and feel confident enough to ask for help when they're struggling to reach out to others in the same way that if they see someone else struggling, that they can give that hand out to them, Lord, and offer that same sense of community to someone else who is struggling in their lives. And I hope that you will give them such a sense of peace about who you've created them to be so that they can fulfill the mission that you've placed on their hearts, whether it be in their family, in their workplace, in their neighborhood, in their community, in their gym class, in their any way that they interact with other people, Lord, that they will see how they are a blessing and that they can be light in every circumstance, in every location, and that they allow your light to shine through them. In your name, amen. Amen. Well, Patricia, thank you so much for your time today. This has been awesome. I have been encouraged. I have been escorted to Jesus. I have been challenged. <laughs> I've got some next action steps that I want to take with some people in my life. So thank you so much. Thank you. That was, um, that's all I can ask for is that, um, that I can step out and do what he's asked me to do. So Absolutely. thank you for that encouragement. Definitely. I think you're doing it and I think you're doing it well. Thank you. As always, a big thanks for listening. Be sure to connect with Patricia on patriciasung.com. That's P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A-S-U-N-G.com. And listen to her podcast, Motherhood in ADHD. I wonder who are some friends in your life that you can scaffold for and be that kind of support. As always, if you would leave a rating and a review, it would mean a lot to us. We'll see you again in two weeks. Bye-bye.